Hello, and welcome to the CEO Blind Spot Show, where leaders lead leaders. I am your host, Birgit Camps, and the CEOs I invite on the show are both high performers and humble enough to share their leadership blind spots. So today's guest is Marilyn Maka. And Marilyn, you are my second female CEO on the podcast. Mm. And I'm so excited because I know <laughs> there are, you know, a lot more CEOs um, as women these days. And having said that, you were a CEO of a financial services firm during a time that there were almost no women who headed financial services firms. And then on top of that, you were recognized as Barron's top woman advisor. And I know that that did not come overnight. And I know that was a tough journey for you to get there. I also want our listeners to know that you're a speaker now, as a, an author, and you've reinvented yourself several times, but I'm not going to give away all the goodies yet. <laughs> so I'm going to turn it over to you and you kind of let us know, you know, this show is about blind spots and, you know, I've known you for uh, I think over a decade and you're very humble and very willing to help everybody, not just women. Can you kind of take over and tell us one of the big blind spots that you got confronted with? Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Birgit. And thank you for that introduction. One of, uh, I just got blind spotted just then. If I might make for the integrity of, of what you have so generously shared about my experiences. I was not the top woman parents advisor. I was part of the group of top women advisors throughout the United States. No, I, I thank you for uh, declaring that, but uh, for your listeners, I want complete transparency and not to think well, will that you, I will was you elaborate the top on advisor. That? Well, yeah, will the, you elaborate uh, Barons, on that? Certainly. Thank you. Uh, Barron's, the magazine, the financial magazine uh, firm, uh, acknowledges it was for many, 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 many years, as you pointed out, there were not very many women in the industry when I started in 84 uh, and then started my company in 92. But uh, they were always top advisors that were acknowledged for their acumen, for their assets under management, for their revenue. And only in the early 2000s, uh, I believe it began in 2005, did Barron's create a women's, top women's advisory selection. Mm. Uh, so that, and it actually came about by one of the executives of Barron his wife said, why aren't you acknowledging women? Oh, fascinating. <laughs> and he went, oh, you're right. And that, that was his blind it. spot. <laughs> that was his blind spot, right. Um, so I, I had the blessing of being acknowledged uh, because of the size of my company, because of uh, the years of service that I have had had been in already at the time in 2008 and uh my level of expertise and yeah Go how ahead. many women in houston had received that award 
Uh, no one from Houston was there but myself. Yeah, so that's that was probably wow. my uh, my thing because that's what I question. <laughs> well, that's what I looked up when I did my research on you. So, so thank you for correcting me on you were not the top woman, yeah, but I, wasn't I saw the. You were the only one in Houston <laughs> and only one in Houston. Yes, I was. So, thank you oh, so funny. much. Wow. <laughs> but but how lucky that we got to hear the story about why women all of a sudden got to be nominated. So yes. I'm so glad that, that, you know, I got to make this faux pas and learn some fascinating background. So now, now that, now that we all, uh, you know, are to this point, I guess I'll go back to saying, what was your blind spot or one of them? <laughs> one of them. Yes. Uh, well, the one, you know, I guess it became part of, well, there are going to be blind spots because I don't know what I don't know. And it's through the experience that I gain insight on the blind spot, just from our conversations too, Birgit, that I could see, wow, what those knowing and recognizing those blind spots, what they provided for me as far as becoming a risk taker and seeing how to how to satisfy how to have what i will tell you right now my main blind spot was in 2008 i recognized in 2008 i had just doubled my space i had three advisors and one one assistant i had just hired a second assistant and i doubled my space uh, that would hold 12 advisors. So it was, it was quite a large, significant undertaking. Mm -hmm. uh, and 2008 happened. Now, those of you who remember 2008, what happened in the investment, uh, investment field, everything was in turmoil. It began our recession. It began what happened to me was I realized within uh, six months, I was in debt, had obligations of over $300,000. I had no mm. plan B. My, my blind spot and what became my gift was I had no plan B. I had to say, okay, who are you being? What are you up to? What's the purpose? What are you going to do about that? Hmm. Within That's the good and the bad. Months, it is absolutely the good and the bad. What, what I want to tell you the ending of it. Within 18 months, I was out of debt. What I did was take one step, take one step, take one step, but escalate the plan A. What worked about it? I focused on what worked about the plan. I didn't know that, but, but to have a plan B would have been more comforting. So that was, mm. that was primarily my, that was my biggest blind spot. My could have been my most expensive blind spot. Yeah. And I think that's the, the plus and the minus of when you've been so successful, um, you know, you don't really. You, you, you couldn't even if you wanted to think about the market crash happening, you know, but what you did realize is, wow, I never had a plan B. Yes. And um, and obviously, as you said, you have succeeded greatly 
Um, but tell us kind of how, I know you said one step, one step, one step, but you know, I think, uh, hopefully that won't happen right now. Cause as we're talking, there's the, the, you know, oh, what's yeah. going on like in the marketplace now, right? Yes, so yes. <laughs> who knows what plan B, C and D need to happen <laughs> now for leaders. <laughs> so kind of tell us if, you know, what, what has changed for you now that you experienced that blind spot at the time? Thank you. What I, what I see in our conversations, Birgit, in particular, is that there is an automatic other plan when we see that there's a risk. It's about expansion. And what I do now in my consulting and my coaching is to support people in shifting their mindset to focus on what works. And that's what I did with my plan A, which was the only one I had, was do what works with your original plan. But that I know the difference of it. What, it, what I see that it has expanded my own thinking in is to ask the next question, to ask the next question. What I did was interviewed what I was going to do anyway, was began interviewing at an accelerated rate advisors, advisors who weren't happy with the support they were getting, advisors with that had questions that I knew I could satisfy how I ran my company. But it advanced me when I sold my company to go into the consulting and the coaching industry, because that's what I mm. loved doing in my business, that I knew I could support thousands more by, by teaching hundreds more. What I mean hmm. by that, it, it expanded my thinking on taking a risk. Take the risk and do what you know to do, seeing, as Simon Sinek says, know your why, know your purpose. I was very clear. Clarity, always the first principle. Clarity mm -hmm. in knowing why I wanted to do what I was wanting to do. What was underneath it all? What was the legacy? What was the contribution? So to take that step and to take that step, to step out, for example, what you and I discovered in a conversation, that by being willing to take that risk and that extra step and that extra step from learning about my original blind, biggest blind spot, I now can, can declare and share that I have worked with companies that I would never have worked with if I had stayed in, in, my, in my investment advisory company position. I have worked with training uh, two of the top sales teams of a Fortune 500 company, Kim Lee Horn, an engineering company. I have mm -hmm. worked with an executive at Mayo Clinic providing for her an access to something greater than she could even have imagined. I don't have her answers, but I knew the questions to ask and to be with her in a way that she could see her answers. That was the same thing that I used with me. I have my answers. My answers are there. How do I, how do I look at it in a way that will expand my thinking and keep me out of stress? Hmm. And I happen to know you also have coached a school district, 
or are still oh, coaching. Yes. Oh, yes. That would never have happened. My, my passion uh, for my grandsons, they're eight and 10. My passion for them and knowing that they are our future. I saw one of, one of, one of the areas on my list, that's that risk, that different industry, that different industry. From an engineering company to, to the Mayo Clinic to a school district, how diverse is that? But my message is always the same. I'm working with the ins instructional operations team of our local school district for their cohesiveness, for their collaboration, for their expansiveness of performance and productivity in a way that brings them joy, not stress. That's my area of expertise. Mm -hmm. And and why uh, did you choose to focus or reinvent yourself in that when I think I heard you say you were kind of doing that at your own financial services firm? Oh. Yes. Excellent listening, Birgit. Thank you. <laughs> what I realized um, after 20, uh, right around 2011, 2012, because I sold the first branch of my business in, in 2013 and finalized it in 2014. But around 2011, 2012, I realized that what I loved about my work, what I loved about my company was coaching my advisors, they weren't obligated, but coaching the advisors who came to me and said, Marilyn, I've got this situation, I've got this case I'm working on. Can we talk? Love to, I would love to. With my clients, especially through 08 and 09, how do you have a relationship with your money where you say what it's about? It doesn't tell you who you are. Mm -hmm. How do you shift that relationship? How do I look at it in a way that matters for me? Everything is energy. It's part of what I teach. Everything is energy. We don't have energy. We are energy. And energy cannot be destroyed nor created. What do I do with that energy? Where do I focus that energy? And you'll hear me say a lot, what would you love? Not just what would you like. When we get deep within our inside ourselves, that is where we make the biggest contribution. That is where we make a difference. Hmm. So yes, I realized that was that's that coaching and consulting was where I did my best work, and I knew hmm. if I was going to expand, just like. In 1992, when I incorporated, I actually had the thought, I'll incorporate my business because I want to be a part of something bigger than me, bigger than mm. I am. So you were clear even back then. I was clear. And this next step was my clients are taken care of. Well, I... This is a good thing for all of us, for me to see how many more people I can encourage, support, expand. I mean, it's up to them to do that. But the joy that I feel translates into their performance. And then I touch thousands more people. Including with expansion. your books. 
including including with my books. Yes, yes. Did you want to tell us a little bit about what uh, spurred? I mean, I know you've written two, but what spurred that one? Well, similar. It all started happening about that same time when, and that's the gift of clarity of knowing what you love because there are so many ideas that begin to come. And I saw that one of the things that I wanted to do was write a book, and it's called Real Wealth Revealed. It came out of the coaching with my clients. Real Wealth Revealed. Do you know that wealth, oh here, <laughs> do you know that the original mm -hmm. definition of wealth, it's an old English word from the 14th, 13th, 14th century, it means happiness and well-being. Wealth mm -hmm. means happiness and well-being. We morphed it into meaning, well, our happiness and well-being comes from money. No, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. It comes from inside us. And that translates, that gets demonstrated in our wealth, in our money. So um, it came about, in answer to your question, Real Wealth Revealed, came about the same time. Uh, I got support in, 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 the, in the writing of it, in the publishing of it, in the distribution of it. And then I also at the time had um, been a part of a, of a foursome called the Four Dames that's no longer in existence, but we were, we were teaching principles. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, that's L-E, not A-L principles <laughs> from which to live life. <laughs> and we co-authored a book at that time. Um, uh, what did I, I just, Wealth I just Mastery lost. for Women? Yes, Wealth Mastery for Women. <laughs> wealth Mastery for Women. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah. it's just been a joy to have So you've reached avenues. many. Yes. Yeah. Different avenues. And to, to be able to yeah, and I and had you kept your financial services firm, and had you not looked into really what you love the most, and and part of what you said earlier, clarity about what matters most to you, you probably wouldn't have moved out of Houston to be close to your son and <laughs> your grandchildren. Yes, exactly. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. It all it it's orchestrated. It's just lovely. What in following our passions and and following those that that love that energy that workability, there are three things that I know about human beings. I'm just drawn to share this at this point. The three things that I know: we are all born with the need to belong. How do we belong? We're born with a need to contribute. How do I contribute here? And we're all born with a need to grow, to learn, to grow, to expand. When I'm in a position, in a relationship, in a work ethic, in a business, in, in, a, in teamwork, when I see those three needs being satisfied, I know it will guarantee success. When I see those three, when I see stress or distress, I know one, at least one of those mm -hmm. needs is out of alignment. 
So that you, you beautifully teed it up for one of my questions, which is, you know, you seem to know people so well. Um, what has surprised you the most about leading people? Oh, it's so great, Birkett. It was very surprising to me in the beginning, like in my, in, in the start of, of a career in the investment world, that some people didn't want to think any differently than how they thought. That was surprising to me. Hmm. That people, uh, whether they worked with me or for me or they were a client, it was surprising that some people, I'm going to call it fear, were afraid to think a different way. Now, what I know in the neuroscience of it all, oh, by the way, in my consulting and my coaching, I use for the logical part of the brain, I use sciences. I use neuroscience as an explanation to understand what the brain is doing so that we don't freak out when something is going on. If, if the logical part of my brain can understand, oh, this is all that's happening, pause and take a breath, and how do I shift? I use quantum physics. I'm not an expert at it, but I know enough to know that everything is energy and how do I work with that energy? Because where I focus is where I place my attention and that's where my energy goes. And if it's aligned with a purpose that I have, bar the door because it's mm. coming. So when you, that's fascinating. Yeah. So how did you, how did you get on that path? Because it, it's almost like I wonder, so it sounds like at some point it was a blind spot for you that, that people mm. didn't want to change their thinking because you clearly seem to have been born for change. <laughs> so <gasps> I love that, Birgit. Your clarity <laughs> is so good how you put things together. Thank you. How you see that. That's exactly what it was. Yes, I, I'm very blessed. I'm, oh, and that's another science that I use, the science of strength psychology, Don Clifton's work. You might know it as Strengths Finder, but it's, it's more mm -hmm. than just knowing that classification. I'm strategic. I love to ferret things out. I was a math major. I love how things fit together. I love mm. it. But yeah. I translated that. I learned to translate that on our looking at an individual and their lives. You know, I used to say, you want to know what you think to when I talk to groups about money. I'd say, you want to know what you think about money? Look at your checkbook. <laughs> That's what you think about money. Mm. Our results will always tell us what we think. Mm. Always. Our results. Jack Canfield has a has an equation that he that he brings up. E plus R E plus R equal O. E is event. Something's happening. R is my response to it. I'm going to translate that into my thinking because my response is going to be directly connected to my thinking. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. will create the outcome. Yeah. So that's that's a way yeah. to easily spot someone's blind spot, right? If they they say one thing, but their <laughs> outcomes show something but different. Results, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And we know it intuitively. All of us know it intuitively. Mm. You meet someone, oh yeah, I'm fine. We know if they're fine or not. Mm. The results aren't showing it. Yes. It's not wrong. It's just a tell. Yes. So it's interesting. You so so. Let's see if you're going to correct me on this one. Um, so you said earlier when you would talk to a group of you know people about wealth, um, is it is it accurate that you were um, a speaker at the first? Here we go. See if you, see if I get corrected. You were a speaker at the first <laughs> humans. I mean Houston's women conference at the Wortham. I was. Is that, that correct? Was the first, it was the first one at the Wortham Center. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I love your detail, so tell, Birgit. I love your tell, detail. <laughs> tell me how that came about. Mm. You know, I don't know. I don't remember how I got invited. I don't, except that I was talking. I was speaking to groups, uh, small groups, and somebody who knew somebody said, oh, you need to talk to Marilyn. It, mm. Again, it's how it works when my focus and my attention, meaning my energy, is guided to a contribution. I wanted to contribute. I still do. I, I contribute. That's my desire to contribute to others for their advancement, for their greatness. I know we're all born great. And how I'm going to define well, greatness. Well, sure, I'm glad you have grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Me too. Mm-hmm. And I teach them. I teach them when they're in a, in a quandary about something, I remind them, pause and take a breath. Mm. It calms the brain. Mm. And remember, I will tell them, remember, I told you, you have a superpower, darling. It's called your thinking. How you're thinking about this will matter. You can be sad. You might want to be sad for a few minutes, but put, now this is adult, more adult talk, but put a time limit on it. Then Mm -hmm. what would you be more interested in? What's more interesting? Well, it's interesting to me that that we're getting close to the wrap up point and you're wrapping it up so beautifully <laughs> with with some things that you can contribute to our listeners. Um, but but tell Aww. us also, you know, what what do you do as a daily habit that you contribute to your success? I do I do three things. It's um it's a morning, it's during the day, and it's at night. In the morning, I wake up, I set my alarm two, two to two and a half hours before time for me to get ready for the day. For my time with me, I do a lengthy meditation often, maybe 45 minutes. I write, I journal. I get good with me. I get centered. I do stretches. I get my body active. Hmm. During the day or when I'm getting ready, when I'm putting my makeup on, I will listen to a YouTube. I am always looking at something to hear, to learn. 
Now you'll listen to podcasts. That, now I am now podcasts. Absolutely. And I have, yes, podcasts are one of the things. Absolutely. Something that will advance my thinking, give me one notion that will make a difference in my life. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's make a difference in my life for others. Very good. And then in the evening, I reflect. What did I learn today? What will I do differently tomorrow? What am I, what do I most celebrate? of the day. What am I most grateful for? Hmm. That's, that's what I do morning, during the day and at night. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I think that makes us, um, you know, a lot of people just see the results and they don't know uh, sometimes, you know, the, the effort and the discipline that, it, you know, you have given it yes. to get there. So, yes, you know, there's, it's become a habit. Yes. The frequency of it. Yes. Yeah. Women who are uh, aspiring to be like you and women who want to be CEOs, what, what piece of advice or what recommendations do you have for them? Because, you know, a lot of them are like, wow, I've got a family, I've got this, I've got juggling everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How can I, how can I also be a CEO? This is so spot on, Birgit, because that is the mental that is the mindset of the world. It's not the truth. By the way, I think women in particular try to find balance. There is no balance. There hmm. is harmony, though. There is harmony. Hmm. You can create a structure just like your skeletal structure holds your body up. You can create a structure to have what you would love your life to look like. We can. I'm proof of it. I am proof of it. And I'm one yeah, of those. Yeah, because you were a single mom a, too at some point in your life. I was just going to say, I was, a, <laughs> I was divorced with a five-year-old starting mm -hmm. a career. I had been a stay-at-home mom. I did have a degree, which somehow comforted me. But I, I didn't work, not in a career. And I stepped off the cliff and went, you know what? It's going to be okay. I'm going to learn something here. You didn't have a, a plan B then either. I didn't have a plan B either. I just <laughs> stepped off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> like Indiana Jones. Mm. No. <laughs> yeah, you, you have There's certainly. One thing I'd love to tell. Excuse me. We're, oh, we are, we are just so. Electric, honey. I know. Uh, there is one thing I really want your, especially, well, yes, especially your women listeners. Be the relationship woman that you are. In business, especially. One of my mentors, Deanna Murphy, who was Stephen Covey's right hand person for years, 12 years or more, she's one of my mentors. I love her statement. All success, all success swims in the water of relationship. Hmm. What I would love your audience to consider is to connect with me. Go to my website, MarilynMaka.com. And I'm sure you have the, the, the spelling there. Yes, the I'll put it in the link for sure. Yes. MarilynMaka.com. Connect with me. There are ways to maximize how we relate so that it empowers us and others. 
It's part of Covey's work there, too, of interdependence. This is what will happen, especially in today in the modern age, with all the concern about artificial intelligence. It's going to take away the skilled jobs. But people want people, and they want empowered people to deal with. Mm. Relationships are the key to success. And women, we have an edge there because we've been mm, supported as women in lives that we do create, can create relationships. I think it's been a detriment for men that they've had to put that aside to, to think that that's how they become good business people, to put the relationships aside. It's coming back. No, we're all about relationships, all of us. Mm. And I'm so blessed that you and have decided to stay in relationship with me over the years. It's been such no. a blessing to know you. And thank you for blessing us no. with your presence on this podcast. And oh. wow, you are, you are definitely a beautiful woman, a leader, um, internal and external, and now thankfully also a, a beautiful grandmother. And uh, I'm so excited oh. that you've continued, you know, you're so clear about continuing your contributions. And I think that's, that's really, uh, you hear that all the time that when, when CEOs, quote unquote, retire, um, you know, it's, the, the, it's not as joyful yeah. for them. And uh, so thank you for continuing on, even though you could have retired you're way welcome. back when. <laughs> so it's definitely yes, beyond you know, financial it, for I you. Having the, <laughs> <laughs> I'm having the time of my life, truly. Yes. Such yes. a joy. And it's a joy to be with you. I love you, Birgit. Thank you so much, honey. Yes. Well, I love you too. And I, I love, you know, our listeners who are listening and wanting to continue leading. And uh, I always, you know, wrap up and with gratitude for everybody. But uh, would you like to um, say goodbye and, and wrap up our show for us today? Thank you, all of you who are listening. Thank you for your being willing. That's another principle to be willing which means you're curious too, to be willing to hear something new, to advance for all of us. Your contribution right now is for all of us. And I'm so grateful for the greatness of this call of you, Birgit, for what's possible out of being together. Thank you all for participating. Thank you.